Hello and welcome to a City Watch on the Air. I'm your host, Michael. We've got a great program for you. We're speaking with Tim Tutor and we'll be talking about full force financial and what that means to some people. And I want to remind you to uh, wherever you're listening or whatever podcast situation you're working on, please give us a review. Uh, let us know what's going on and we'll be happy to hear from you. Uh, we are with, as I said, Tim Tutora of Full Force Financial. Tim, thank you so much for being with us on City Watch on the Air. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Full Force Financial. People who aren't immediately familiar with that, I know, I know there's nobody out there, but just for the couple that aren't, give me a little idea as to what you do and how, you're, how you do it. So I'm an outsourced CFO, and I specialize in film production and television production. That's the core of my client base and content creators. And but the, the big, my biggest producers make television movies. And Full Force Financial is an outsourced CFO firm, and in the process of doing that, uh, we've built technology and innovation that helps uh, change the infrastructure, which I think is not very beneficial. In fact, I hate it. The fact that we give a payroll service and other people a percentage of our costs is insane. We would never do that with Grip Electric Camera. Why do we allow it with anybody else? So I want to undo that, and I want to shine light on that system. Okay, now if you're a producer, and I know there are a lot of people that listening are, are produ producing podcasts, they're producing television programs, movies, things like that, what do you tell them when they come to you for advice, and what type of advice do you give them based on the level they're at in the business? Well, I'd say to starting producers of any kind of content, you have to really pay attention to profit, right? Everything has to turn a profit. Not everything's going to make money in the front, and you might do something as a loss leader, but you got to pay attention to your margins. You have to make sure you're profitable, and you have to make sure that profit is big enough that it can sustain multiple projects because you might make 3% margins on one and 30% on another, and you have to average that out over time. That's got to cover your overhead because there's going to be times where you make nothing or very close to nothing. So you have to try to figure out a model that allows you to do projects where you can take a loss a or hit their loss leaders, but then later on down the road you can make money on other things. Okay, now no, most of the people who are starting uh, in this type of business probably don't have a lot of capital to work with, so they can't afford to make too many mistakes on this. What do you say to folks who are just getting started, just saying, uh, I've, I know that I'm operating from at a loss to begin with, but I want to keep that loss to a minimum and start to see results as soon as I can. So the only thing you can control are your costs. You cannot control your revenue. That is up to the demand of the marketplace, or it's up to the demand of the studios or network or whatever your financiers are. All you can control is cost. And whether that's a million dollar project or it's a thousand dollar project, that conversation and that those mechanics are the same. So I say to young starting out filmmakers, you have to find a way to be creative about what you're bringing to the market, but you got to do it for a dime. And you're always going to be, you're always going to have to learn how to do a hundred things and look, figure out how to do them for cheap or using systems that other people are using, but find a different way to play with them. And that's my biggest advice to people. And I experienced this on a movie where we were making titles when we used to do film titles. This is like 25 years ago. And I, I honestly fought with one of my vendors because they kept saying, we don't do it like that. And I'm like, just do it. It's going to look great. It's going to be inexpensive. Trust me. And I turned out I was right. I didn't know I was going to be right. I, I got lucky. <laughs> but I was pushing against the wind the entire way with these people who did it 
the same way since the 1930s until the late 90s. And they were like, this is how we do it. I'm like, I don't care. I want to do it different. I don't have that kind of dough. And they finally did it because they were a vendor. And they actually came to me at the end and said, it actually looks really good. It fits the title. It fits the creative. Sorry. We, we should have listened to you. I'm like, oh, drag me through that keyhole. I wouldn't be so angry. <laughs> okay. I want to go, I want to go through a couple of other things with this, but I'll, I'll, we'll also press our anger for a moment <laughs> and we'll, and we'll take this commercial and be right back. City Watch on the Air, heard locally and worldwide on iHeartRadio.com, takes you through the ins and outs of business, exactly what your business needs to showcase your product or service. And we can do it for as little as $10 a week. If you don't believe me, text Prove It to 310-291-2790. That's Prove It to 310-291-2790. Okay, we are back with Tim Tamara of Full Force Financial. And those of you who missed the first few minutes uh, missed a great deal, including a little bit of repressed anger on both our parts. Uh, uh, Tim, we were talking about new people, entrepreneurs who are just getting involved in radio production, in television production, movie production. Is it your opinion that the same parameters apply no matter what type of production you're in. In other words, if you're a radio producer, if you're a TV producer, movie producer, are we still talking about zero-sum gain? Are we still talking about operating uh, on the margins, that kind of thing? Yeah, it, whether you're making a serialized podcast or radio or television or whatever, really, when you get into the big features, it's no different. The story, the arc of what you're going to tell, how you're going to tell it, the length of time you're going to tell it, it's just that scale. You're talking about, on big features, dealing with a crew size of a thousand people. On small little podcasts, it may be two or three people. On little video productions, you may have 12. So really the scale of whatever you're working on is what changes, but the core element of story, interest, driving demand, bringing something that's different and creative that people haven't seen before, that is the common thread, whether it's a single person production or it's a thousand person production. You have to have the idea, you gotta know what you're doing, that starts in pre-production and writing, you gotta make an interesting story and you gotta have ideas and you gotta flesh that out by yourself before anybody else comes on and you're spending additional money. How do you stay in control of your thought process when you're seeing it across the room from a bunch of people who may or may not be able to fund your product, uh, your, your product or your project, uh, and you've got to get this done. Because I, I asked this question because I've spoken to other po folks, and they've said, well, you know, you sit in that room and a couple of your parameters might change, a couple of your ideas might modify into something else. Uh, is that dangerous in your opinion? Uh, it can be, but that is the function of taking other people's money. At the end of the day, if your creative vision is to do something in a particular way and you don't want to have input, then you're just going to have to go either finance it yourself or find money that isn't going to ask you to make changes. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. We're in the business working for a network of a studio of making content that they envision and then spending their money. And they're going to tell you how they want it to look. And if you don't like that, then you need to go someplace else. Okay. Is there a way of working it out so that both of you get something that feels relatively good? Yeah, and it's usually creative bending, honestly. Um, at the end of the day, the finance people have an idea of what they want. Marketing people have an idea of what the market will, will tolerate. And they're hard people to convince otherwise, and they're the ones with the power. I'm saying that, 
I will add to that that Chris Nolan has blown that up time and time again. <laughs> so has Francis Coppola. So has Terry Malick. Um, you can name, there are a few names who will stick to their guns and have great ideas, but that's not the majority of people, and most executives don't recognize it, the, the genius when they have it in front of them, and they just do the same thing they do every time. It's just cookie cutter and a widget. It's hard as a creative. It just is. It's always been hard, and it's never going to be any easier. It, that's the job. How do you convince the people with the money to let you do what you want to do? You have to do that by showing them how you want to do it. You have to give them your ideas, and you have to be open to the idea of convincing them that your ideas are brilliant in a way where you can make it be their idea. That's the, one of the things I have seen extremely adept creatives be very good at is they will present an idea in a room and then they will convince the executives in that room that it was their idea and not the creative's idea. And then the executives go, oh my God, what a great idea. I'm glad I had it. You should do that. And you're like, and then the creative, I, I, I've seen it happen with a, a writer, a very famous writer. And I'm like, holy cow, how did you do that? He's like, it's easy. I set the tone. I told them what we were going to do. And I made him feel like it was their idea. Okay. Now on that, yeah, on that note, we're going to break now and come right back and talk about uh, how to make it their idea. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, it's Michael. City Watch on the Air is now available on your Samsung app. Give us a listen. We'll be happy to let you know what's going on. It's City Watch on the Air on Samsung. We are back, of course, with uh, City Watch on the Air. We are speaking with Tim Tatora of Full Force Financial. And those of you who missed the first uh, five, ten minutes, uh, uh, I can't help you with that. But <laughs> uh, we can talk to you a little bit about what, we, what we've been discussing. And that is, as a fledgling producer, as a fledgling creator, you're producing a podcast, you're producing a radio show, a TV show, a movie show, uh, a film. What we talk about and what we just talked about for the break is sitting in a room full of people who are in the bill have the ability to fund your project, you know, you know, put your put money in your pocket, how to make it look like it was their idea all the time and how to make that still fit in with your idea creatively. Uh, Tim, talk to us a little bit more about that. You're sitting in the room. You're convincing people that it was all their idea to begin with. How do you not lose yourself in that? Uh, it's that is, honestly, I think it's really hard. But it's once you convince somebody else that the that your idea is theirs, you're essentially hanging on to a leash with a big dog running down the street, trying to hang on to it as best you can. I mean, that's the best analogy I can give. And the way you do that is you do it with sticks and carrots. You know, you hear about it in politics all the time, but it's not all that different in the creative endeavors. You know, you're a creative. You have to convince the people with money and resources that your ideas are good, they fit the strategy of whatever that business is, and you have to do it in a way where, um, you, where, you're, where you're polite but forceful and, and explaining your ideas. That's the thing that I see all the time with successful creatives. They're repeating themselves all the time. They have a message, it's, they beat it like a drum over and over, and they're not annoyed when they have to re-explain the idea that they're going after in a slightly different way to the same person. They just say, this is part of the job, it's what I gotta do, and if I wanna see my vision on screen or hear it coming out of a speaker, I'm gonna have to convince the person in front of me to do it again. 
Um, now, mind you, I will start by saying, when you begin in this business, you are doing other people's vision. You just, that's just what you're doing. You're, if you're a baby writer and you're in a writer's room, you're fulfilling the vision of the showrunners. And your job is to deliver a draft that's 90% or more their voice because they don't want to have to rewrite you. They won't want to have to redo everything. They want you to do the majority of the heavy lifting because writing is hard work. It's time consuming. It's laborious. So the showrunner wants someone to do the majority of the work. You're going to have to fit their voice. And that's what they're looking for. Someone who can speak in their voice so they don't have to do the majority of the lifting and then go in and punch it up and turn that into an actual show. Right. Okay. So we're talking about, we're talking about being in the room being as forceful and creative as you possibly can. Let's backtrack just a bit, especially for those people who may have joined us late, although I know there aren't that many of you out there. But for those who are, how do you or how did you get in the room? What do you do as a fledgling producer to get in the room, to get to the place where other people are in a position to greenlight your project? You have to be in the proximity of the people of power. So if that means you're working as a PA or an assistant or however you start out, a, a junior writer, however you start out in the business, there is nobody, and I mean nobody, who had a career explode overnight. You'll hear all the time, my career blew up overnight over the course of 10 years. It's a common story. And if you're a waiter or you're doing something, you're an Uber driver, or whatever you're doing to try to make a living, but you wanna work in Hollywood, you need to go find the job that gets you in the proximity of the people who can pull you up. This is a business of referrals. If you don't have connections to people, then you're going to people. Let me rephrase that. If you don't have connections to people in power who can give you a seat at the table, because that's what's going to happen. You're going to be given the seat at the table. You're not going to build it yourself. So you have to get connected to the people who can give you that access. And you do that by being on the job. You're either a PA or an assistant or some soulless job where you're an indentured servant. I get it. The pay sucks. The hours are terrible. You're going to do things you don't like, but that's the job. And eventually that will pay off. You just have to pay. You have to be in that grind. That's how it starts. Okay. Well, Tim, on that, I'm going to say thank you so much. Again, it is Tim Tatora. It is Full Force Financial. If they'd like to talk with you, how would they do about go about doing that? Uh, the best way to get me is through uh, my website, timtortora.com, and my last name is spelled T-O-R-T-O-R-A. You can go there. There's a form on the bottom. Ask me a question. Either I get it or my assistant gets it, and I pretty much respond to all of them that are relevant. Um, and, and the other place you can go, I wrote a book about this, literally about the subject we were just talking about, how to get connected and how to be in it. You can find that at career.timtortora.com. Okay, Tim Tatora, thank you so much, Full Force Financial. I am Michael, and I remind you to believe in yourself. If you don't, no one else will, and we will see you next time. <laughs>